Welcome to the Online Course Masters show where you will learn how to teach and sell your very own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, with my co-host, Jeremy Deegan, and today we're excited, really, really excited to have one of our previous guests back on with a new project. That's Daniel Walter Scott. He's got a new project called Instructor HQ. You might remember him from episode 23 of this podcast, and recently, Dan and I actually created a course together on Adobe Illustrator. He knows his stuff, and I'm excited to chat with him in this episode, so welcome, Daniel, to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, I should say. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm returning. I'm, I'm coming back. <laughs> You're one of, I think, two people who are recurring guests on the show, which is pretty yeah. special. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I've been called that. So uh, <laughs> for people who are just tuning in, who didn't hear that last episode, um, just give us a brief update and uh, background about how you got into teaching online courses and what you've been doing before we get into Instructor HQ. Sure. So I'm kind of on and off being a freelancer slash doing a bit of live classroom training. Kind of, I did that for like 10 years, right? Did a bit of freelancing and then, hey, can you help out at this thing? And I did a bit of teaching and I love the teaching side of thing. And I love doing my design stuff. I'm kind of trained as a graphic designer, but do a lot of digital kind of stuff like that now. And yeah, I did that. And then once one day I kind of decided to go full in on the teaching stuff. I'd uh, worked with a company full time for about a year in London, went back to New Zealand, uh, where I'm from, and just went into it and started doing a similar thing. Loved it. Hard work, like teaching live. Anybody's done it, like I imagine most of the instructors out there have done it. It's just, man, end of the day, you're like, great, now i got to work on the business for the next, like, five hours uh-huh. so I just I found it real tough it was good and it was successful business and there's there's like 10 trainers and it still runs in New Zealand mm-hmm. but then it came to a point where I got to not got to leave but uh, my wife's Irish and we decided home for her so we came to Dublin and it was a decision then to go all right everybody keeps saying like go online do online and you're like oh yeah you know it's, it's a good idea it seems hard uh, but I figured the trip to Ireland was the time to like at least give it a good go. I figured that was the time because I don't really want to start another one of those hard <laughs> businesses, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so I just I decided to go all in on uh, online training, and yeah, that was about three years ago. And we chatted about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's gone real well. I'm, I'm. Yeah, I, doing- I mean, I feel like back then you were definitely. I don't know if you were doing better on Skillshare than Udemy. You might have been, but it seems like things have kind of blown up yeah. since then. Um, yeah, for your so courses. everything's doing like everything got kind of better. And then Udemy just started creeping out ahead. And now like Udemy pays maybe double what any like Skillshare or my own site does, mm-hmm. you know, like and in that case, like I just kind of looked at it and I was like, since last time we talked and like it's six times better earnings than it was that time. I'm like, it was doing OK then. I was pretty. Is there anything that you can attribute that to other than just creating more content and putting it on Udemy? I think it's creating more content like it's a bit of a snowball right like people sign like i i can see when people sign up say on udemy they go all right they sign up a course and you see the bought five of them in a row you know and you're like okay like they they kind of watched all of one yet they've like bought them on the my my smiley intro and just decided because of the the sale i've gone through and done them yeah there's a lot of that like even on skillshare on my own site they're like yeah that was a cool course i want to 
you know, because the, the, the courses I teach aren't hugely different, right? Like Photoshop and Illustrator are similar, you know, mm -hmm. the same kind of people want to learn them at least. So yeah. yeah, I think like when you're getting started, you're like, oh, I got this one lonely course and it's doing this. And if I do two, it's, it's not going to just times two. It's, I feel like it's going to times 2.1 and then the next third one's going to be two point you know and it just keeps getting like and i've got like 17 courses now and like it's just yeah they get better and better plus you end up learning what works right yeah and i was doing all these really obscure courses you know and i thought because there's nobody's done that course mm -hmm. and equally nobody's searching for that course so <laughs> yeah. they don't do well so i've kind of learned like even though there's some saturated markets if you've got a i guess a different way of teaching i found like you know, Photoshop, man, there's loads of courses, but, or InDesign or Illustrator, if you've just got your own kind of spin on it or not even spin, just sometimes some people like different styles. And yeah, and that's, that's what we did with, I mean, the Illustrator class. We knew that there were already best-selling courses and there's yeah, still course. courses yeah. that are higher ranked than ours, but we jumped into it knowing that after building, both of us building our audience for a few years, that we could create a course and launch it into a more competitive niche. And that course is doing pretty good. I mean, also just the quality is really good too. So I think that that helps getting the, 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 the handsomeness of us too, I think is probably helping it. Is, I think is really, that's I've, probably why people buy the course mainly. mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, switching a little bit of gears into towards instructor HQ, and for anyone who wants, who's listening to this or watching this and wants to kind of follow along as we dive into Instructor HQ, head over to instructorhq.com slash OCM. That's a special link that Dan has set up for us. And so we would appreciate anybody going through that link. We'll include that in the show notes in the description, but that's instructorhq.com slash OCM. Back when you were, I guess this sounds like it was before you to me, and I know we talked about this in our last interview, you had built your own website and platform out and you weren't using Teachable, you weren't using a Thinkific. Uh, first, like why, why did you do that? And then how did that get into what you're doing today with the Instructor HQ project? Yeah, so I go, I, it's still a hard question because like Teachable is great and Thinkific's great. Like it's just like open, add details, get going, right? And I just... There was just things I was like, oh, can I do this? And no, you can't. And oh, can I try this thing? And no, you can't. And so I just went down the really hard road. Instead of it taking an afternoon to set up, it took me months. And it's still <laughs> kind of being developed. Like, I just like the, I guess, I, I like the control over it. And I feel like I've got a good understanding of, like, I'm a UI designer and a UX designer. So I, I, I don't know. I pride myself and like, I can do it better. Like, yeah. even though looking at them, you're like, man, that would have saved me loads of time. And they're amazing. Like, they're really amazing platforms. I just wanted, I just like, yeah, maybe it's the control freaking me. I don't know. But I just, I felt like I could do it better. Yeah. And so that, this is with bringyourownlaptop.com, your it. main website where you sell your own courses. So is that sort of the run on the Instructor HQ platform? Exactly. Yeah. So just build this stuff plus a bunch of other things and for myself and then kind of like you, I'm finding myself like I, I love to encourage like I find I mean instructors. I'm like, man, you should be doing this online thing, like telling my past self, you know, you should get into this online stuff. And like they're like, how do you do it? And how does this happen? I don't know. And I end up doing it one to one. And you're like, man, it's hard work. I want to 
I just wanted to take all the stuff that I've made. I'm like, here you go. You can use it. Mm-hmm. But it's just really hard doing it that way one to one. I just want to take what I've built and share it around in a more. Yeah, that's why Instructor HQ is. It's just taking all the stuff, all the things that I've built and making it accessible to other instructors. Yeah. Got it. And so what, I mean, explain now what Instructor HQ is. What's your elevator pitch to to someone who's in my shoes as an instructor who's been teaching for a while or someone who's brand new to it and trying to build out their own platform? Cool. So um, it's ideally for people that are new, okay, that haven't gone down the teachable or thinkific route. Okay, Mm -hmm. they're new and they're just comparing options. Our point of difference for something like that is it's a little bit more of a hub for not just a not just a platform like Teachable. It's looking at the broader sense of how to distribute your courses. So it's more less of like everyone go to your one site and that's it. It's more you've got your own site, but to be successful at this, you need to be on marketplaces like Udemy and Skillshare and Skill Success and what happens when you go to all these other places. So uh, Instructor HQ is 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 like that kind of uh, hosting service, but with some extra things, tying it all together in a, in a type of a dashboard type thing where you can like, A, get some instruction on how to work on those different platforms, mm-hmm. but but also just as a, once you're actually using it for somebody like me or you, actually just open up one screen and go, hmm, and look at everything and see trends and see what's doing well and see what's not doing well. And yeah, so it's got, I guess, two levels, but mainly for new people. Like it's, it's, uh, yeah. So, and just to kind of explain a little bit more what that actually looks like, I'm actually looking at sort of a prototype of what this is going to be because it's being built out right now. But it looks like I could log in as an instructor, have a dashboard where I can see everything all in one place. I can see my Udemy earnings by course, the most popular courses by month. I can also see my Skillshare um, data. I can see my YouTube subscribers, my YouTube views, uh, visitors on my website, and all kinds of other data that is pulled into this one place, which as an instructor, this is super exciting for me because every morning I wake up and I open up all these tabs <laughs> and or refresh, I forget refresh. to check these tabs. And I, you know, there's like skill success that one month does really amazing and it's it could be a reminder to me that wow i should actually spend more time putting courses on there and so it seems like an awesome dashboard for anyone who who is using all these platforms and and that's i guess a good kind of example or description of what it is it's really taking advantage of it's not just a teachable it's just not not another place where you sell your own classes on your own site but it's using all of these platforms at once and embracing that kind of. Exactly, yeah. So Daniel, how does this work? Am, am I going to Instructor HQ and I'm uploading my videos there and they're being sent out? Or am I uploading them on the individual platforms and Instructor HQ is linking those together? How, how does this actually work? So it depends, like all the platforms at the moment, some of them are easy to do exactly what you said, like upload them to Instructor HQ and it just distributes them um, to the platforms for you. And like there's there's a vast array of places you can put these. We're just going to start with the, the low, you know, the big guns first. And so that's the, yeah, that's what we want to do. Uh, the ones that are a little less receptive to it, you'll have to upload it, the videos directly, but then all the data comes in to Instructor HQ, like ideally 
uh, it will all be, you better just upload your videos to Instructor HQ and it distributes them everywhere. Um, at the moment, we're just running into a few problems with a few of the marketplaces. Just, they're not, a, they're not like, they don't like the idea. They just like, we don't have enough resources at the moment to help you. So we're just trying to work ways around that. And there is some, some ways we've got around it, but yeah, it'll, that ideally that's what we want, but there's some that you'll actually have to upload and it will just pull the data in and kind of compare it all together. Now, is this strictly data or will you also be able to display your content on the site also? So yeah, you can decide whether, say somebody like you and Phil who already have a, you know, you already have a potentially a teachable site and you don't really want to like host all the videos with us. So that'd be more for new people if they want to just, they can send their videos up through us and, you know, we'll, we'll handle that side of things. But for somebody like you who just wants to use it like a dashboard, just a control everything you can just plug in your username and passwords for everything and it will just start yanking stuff together and start comparing it in meaningful ways you know like like phil said just like keeping an eye on this whole thing like i've got, I've got the prototype of my office and it's this massive big tv that i had lying around it's great i just stand there and scratch my fake beard and i'm like hmm mm, and i just kind of just you're like oh i didn't realize or I don't realize that that's the course that's on this platform, but not on this one. And like, it just, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're doing. I mean, that seems awesome. I mean, for me, it's worth when you, when it's launched and you're charging for me, it seems like it's worth 10, 20 bucks just to have a dashboard like that, where I could see mm -hmm. everything in one place. I also like that there's that aspect of it. That's helping instructors to actually build out their courses with, um, sort of like templates or outlines of a course. I That's something that's definitely part of this. So kind of explain that aspect of it as well. Cool. So um, one of the, like there's the hosting, kind of like Teachable. Then there's the dashboard, which we just explained. And then there's more of a, like I'm working with a friend now trying to get him, um, you know, he's pretty pumped, but he's got zero like skills in this area. So he's like, man, I just, so what we're doing is creating a checklist as well. So you can say, I want to make a new course. And you get started. And it's a big just kind of uh, like a, a checklist to make sure that your course is going to, A, work and get you're going to get the most out of it. And it's a, it's a step by step. And it's just a step one. Um, it's kind of picking a course. And that will that particular checklist will have a video explaining how the best to work it out, like the stuff that me and you have learned over the time, like. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just picking some random course. There's things to check and there's, you know, there's ways to figure out how much it's going to earn. And there'll be a big list of that, like pre-course, how to edit, what places to stick this up on. If you're going to stick it up on YouTube, mm -hmm. oh, sorry, Udemy, what's the steps within that little subcategory? It's like just helping people work the way through it so that you're not just, I feel like there's lots of people who make a course, stick it up, nothing happens. And then they go, oh, that doesn't work. When mm -hmm. what really happened was is they didn't tick all the right checklists. And that's why I want this kind of production checklist to do. I want them to go and just work it through. And, you know, if you get to the end and it still does well, doesn't do well, it was a terrible course. <laughs> but, you know, like unless you get to the end of that checklist, I think there's lots of potential for people to make courses that don't, you know, just don't do well when they could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's big because different platforms have different criteria so the fact that, you know, you need a subtitle on Udemy, but you don't on Skillshare, uh, you might not be thinking that at the time, but to have that checklist and say, hey, don't forget to create a subtitle. So when you upload this to Udemy, you're ready to go. I think that's really beneficial for, for people. And then exactly. you have that like sort of built in 
academy of it where you're training people and it, I mean this is something that I feel like Skillshare and Udemy try to do in some senses where when you're and maybe if I was a new instructor I would pay attention to these things more but they have like guides or bubbles that pop up with text that show you best practices but I feel like it could be taken to a next level with like something like Instructor HQ where maybe like even after it's like the creation of the course you have your checklist of to-do items for what you need to do with a YouTube channel or or whatever it is and then it gives you those specific like best practices for that aspect of it as well. Exactly like I find that's you know like just that um, like teacher will have great content sorry and and you know uh skill success and you know all these places have good like lists of what to do but only for their own little world you know their own little ecosystem whereas if you're a new instructor and you're only on one platform you know like you you've all got you got your eggs in one basket but also you're missing out on potential revenue so i think as it'd be a similar sort of thing you know where it's still just helping people but it's helping people in the broader sense like like you were saying, Jeremy, just like just little tips that you know as a as a as a seasoned instructor, what to say, how to make sure it's can go on more than one platform, what each platform needs. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that at the beginning, you can kind of spend a lot of time making a course that is pigeonholed, and you're like, oh man, I wish I, I wish I knew that. And that's that's why I want that checklist to be is training, but in the broader worldly sense of being an instructor. And plus, I I've, I use it like I've got one. It's a prototype. It works. And I use it because I'm doing stuff, but it's I'm full time at it, but I'm still like jumping out, doing other things. And I come back, I'm like, where am I at with that course? Mm-hmm. Well, you got three courses on the go, especially with you. You got loads of co-instructing, like just to see where everything's at. Mm-hmm. And those checklists for somebody intro, the, the the training would be useful. But for the people that are a bit more advanced, the checklist like me, I outsource a lot of things. So the checklist, will you'll be able to tag somebody that mm-hmm. you, you know that's helping you with subtitling or editing. And you can assign it to them and they can update it. So there'll be a nice little way of going, where is he up to? Have they, have they done those steps? Mm-hmm. I think that, or, or Jeremy, do you have a question about well, that? Well, I was just going to, you were talking about having one course out there on one platform. And I was just thinking about even the analytics is going to be really useful. I was just going back to that because uh, being able to see what platform might be outperforming other platforms. Because as we know, Courses that do great on Udemy might not do good on Skillshare and vice versa. So having the ability to have all this stuff in one place where you can go in, you have your checklist, you know what to do, and then you can see these uh, real-time analytics and say, this course did really good on Skillshare but tanked on Udemy, and you can start asking those questions. Why? What What did I do differently? Or what is it about this course and this platform that is working or not working? I think I think that's awesome to have all that in totally. one place especially when you are like trying to do kind of off-page stuff like if you're getting real hardcore into it and you're like trying to do youtube videos and trying to do facebook stuff and like that sort of stuff gets lost when you're looking at maybe just inside udemy so like it's nice to see that okay i don't really like looking at my dashboard um i sent you the kind of mock-up um phil like and just i'm just like man like youtube does really well for bringing me in dreamweaver clients mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. on skillshare and udemy you know, that, that's to my own site, my own Instructor HQ site. But for Udemy and Skillshare, they just don't do well. Like, and it's, I think it's just a platform thing, whereas mm-hmm. YouTube is such a good driver. And yeah, there's ways of working. We've got ways of tagging which video is bringing the people in as well. So it's just, you know, like, I need to make more of those YouTube videos because they <laughs> yeah. have converted this many times on my own platform. It's just 
I'm like, okay, let's let's double down and make a few more of that random video. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, the idea is just to save time and make you more efficient as a creator rather than, like I said earlier, opening up a bunch of new tabs um, every day trying to figure this out individually. Is there anything else out there like this right now? I haven't seen anything, no. Like, they, everyone's, I think everyone's looking after their own data. So Udemy yeah. has their own things. Thingific has a cool thing, so it's teachable. But they're not... There's no interconnectedness of it oh, all. I, it's all. I, I built something like this. I mean, it's in an Excel spreadsheet, and uh, I wouldn't be able to share it with anyone because I got <laughs> things connecting and going in and out. But I mean, that's why this is cool, is because it takes so you've much. Made, time. You've made Instructor HQ yeah, out of yeah. Excel. It's yeah, terrible. So it's, it's, it's awful. Something. Yeah, <laughs> it works though, right? I I've done the same thing. I'm just kind of giving it a lick of paint to make well, it a website. It, it's extremely time consuming because I have to go in Udemy and I have to download the CSV file. I've got to import it and format it, you know, to the liking. I got to go in Skillshare and Skillshare only gives you like six months back. So if you don't That's... capture that stuff immediately, you might miss some information. And mm. the whole point of this is having uh, data to look and see what's working and not working. So exactly. To have this Adding that extra level because Skillshare is one of the hard ones because you're like they eventually they convert it from minutes to cat to dollars and then you don't know what the minutes was if it's past yeah. six months you're like oh man whereas Instructor HQ captures all that and you know and can and it marks like what they paid for those minutes just handy stuff like that you know yeah yeah before we kind of keep diving in a little bit deeper um, <laughs> I'm wondering what sort of the schedule is for this what the um technicalities are how ex how expensive is it for users what's the pricing plan going to be uh this episode is going to launch probably in june so um forecasting to to then cool. what's kind of yeah. the status of instructor hq so the quickest and easiest for us to build like there's basically three main parts right there's the dashboard which is probably the most exciting hub part there's the list that we just spoke about, kind of a checklist helping people through. And then there's actually video hosting, basically uh, kind of like looking after your videos for you on your own site. And we're just kind of launching them in order of easiest and quickest to build. So the first one will be about six weeks, well, four weeks from now mm -hmm. um, from this podcast out. So um, probably, yeah, by July, we'll have the list Thing going mm -hmm. then the dashboard will be next and then we'll do the hosting we just want stuff out there rather than like that's why i'm doing this podcast now i just want feedback now on like if you go to instructor hq slash dot com slash ocm you can register your interest just to keep up to date but there's also a note like make sure you know tell me or tell us what what you want in it. like make sure it has this thing mm -hmm. so that's we can like we don't want to just surprise the world with this full functioning thing we want to build what's quickest and then just keep listening to instructors to see, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And I know for behind the scenes, Dan and I have chatted a few times about this and he's totally open to getting feedback from, from people on this. Uh, just like, you know, building out an online course, it's important to get feedback even while you're creating a course. Sometimes you may think it's the best thing, but then you launch it and no one buys it or no one <laughs> likes it or you're missing something completely. So Again, instructorhq.com slash OCM. There's no sort of uh, risk in signing up and you'll kind of hear when this comes out. I honestly, just from seeing the back end of it a little bit myself, 
I think this is going to be super awesome. So I'm telling you listeners that I recommend just signing up just to check it out, just to see what what it could be. Um, you didn't talk about pricing. What's the pricing structure going to be? So for the the list, the, the kind of list function first will probably let a bunch of people in that pre-sign up just use it to test mm-hmm. it. Okay. And probably look at a like a $10 a month type thing for the dashboard and video. The hosting side of thing will have to be uh, a lot more expensive. It'll be a, it'll be a monthly or an annual kind of, it'll be a 20 to $30 a month type thing just because video hosting is super yeah. complex and hard to do. Whereas the dashboard is just my sweat and the other two, there's two other guys, Malcolm and Taylor working on it in the background as well. Just their sweet and that that's not worth much. So it's just $10. <laughs> nice. So I know I, we talked about this before too, but like I'll ask the difficult question and that's why, why are you even trying to include the hosting aspect of it and not just um, focusing on the dashboard and the list and that kind of part of it? I guess we might stop at the dashboard. <clears throat> it depends on like, I feel like I want to help new instructors get in. Like I, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm just, I'm, I don't want to do this one-to-one anymore. I want to help them all the way through. And I'm happy, like as part of that training, it will be pick a hosting platform. We don't mind. Teachable, us, mm-hmm. Thinkific, we, you know, whatever you decide is right for you, check the pros and cons and the costs. We just want to make it uh, help, you know, helpful for them. So if they pick Teachable, you'll be able to plug that into the same dashboard. Mm-hmm. So you guys will be able to plug your data in and it won't be any different from using our system. I just think without doing our own system, I'm relying on other people again. Like I just want to, I think I can make it really good. Yeah. You know? So I want to do it. Yeah. The, the my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, t- yeah. Like, I get I, it. And I'm I think it'll come out good anything. for a lot of people who who see that your way is a little bit different and and again it's just having it all together like if i could have the dashboard on teachable that would be great for me right now (laughs) um so for someone starting out it seems like the perfect option just to get started well do you foresee yourself having um all the features that uh teachable or thinkific or udemy would have like uh courses uh pdf uploads uh, you know all the different types of lectures uh quizzes assignments that kind of thing do you see all that in this yeah yeah i think so like whatever whatever i think works like you know some platforms are doing them better than others i feel like but that'll come down to user feedback there will be basically a feature list and people will be able to upvote to what features are included like sometimes i don't know i feel like you can feature flood something whereas somebody new goes all right there's 40 options i don't know which one i need whereas <laughs> option a or b you know uh, color black or white might just be enough that kind of apple model where you don't need a zillion different configurable things you just need stuff that is proven by people before you that work like that's why i love speaking to guys like you who have gone through this pain like you got your excel sheets you know, uh, you've got lots of tabs going, Phil, you know, it's just like there's I think we'll just we'll be that kind of sieve for people that are new and people that are super advanced might just use it like a dashboard mm-hmm. and they might not like it. You know, like I'm not like I don't think it should be all things to all people. I think we'll we'll make the best features based on what, you know, feedback we get. And I think I got a good idea, but I've done that before and people haven't liked it. So I'm, we're just going <laughs> to make what instructors need. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Can you talk a little bit more about the actual background of putting this together? I mean, 
to create an actual platform that people will use and it's not just like me creating a teachable course platform that's it's all taken care of for me but like how did you this you talked about two guys that are helping you put this together how has that worked with actually building out this platform so at the beginning i built it myself it was just dan doing it by himself with his i'm i'm an okay web designer like a front end web designer like i can make it look pretty but mm-hmm. if you need a login and a form filled out man like you know like I'm out. <laughs> you know, i can make it look fun i can make it look good but i can't make it work so i, I built it out of joomla which uh if you're a web developer it's like a it's not ancient, but it's it's like a it's like Drupal or WordPress. You just you know like people like me can use it, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And I tested lots of things, and I got it. I, it was a, a proof of concept, and I made mm-hmm. it work. And it was hacked together. It was it was hacked every. I hacked it together, and then the rest of the world hacked into it. Uh, you know, every second weekend, <laughs> oh, and I had people helping me fix it. So, but I got it to work, and I got maybe fifty subscribers. And I was like, man, this is going to work. So now I can invest in in making this thing. And it was a really good way to kind of work out what I needed first. Going straight to building a website is a bad idea when mm-hmm. you don't really know what you want until you've actually done it. So then from there, um, Taylor, uh, Taylor Coman helped out. He started, he's a boot developer. He started helping me out, fix my mess. <laughs> and uh, got to a point where we needed more help, okay? And basically we just said, look, let's not use this um, Joomla system. Let's build our own, and that's where Malcolm not got involved. And he's he's our super ninja developer, and he he's built it upon Laravel, and he's just a genius when it comes to that type of stuff. And basically, I said recreate what we had here, and then every week I speak to him like, hey, we need this new feature, and he makes it happen. It's magic. Yeah. So, and then we got to a point where we're like, man, this is cool. Let's. Let's me, you, and Taylor just make this into a an another thing because we've got it pretty cool and we think other people would like it. So that's how it kind of developed. But in the back end, mainly Malcolm, me and Taylor do a lot more of the digital marketing side. I'm not content creator, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy that turns up on podcasts. But um, you know, Taylor kind of makes the strategy work for us to kind of get the right people in and yeah. Well, you're definitely, you know, bootstrapping it together. Are there, have you thought about plans to, I don't know, take, get investors or anything like that to really speed up the process or help out? Mm, nah, I like, I like the bootstrapping way. Yeah. I say this, I'm probably going to be on your next podcast and taking like a hundred million dollars of investment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, nah, I have no plan on that. Like I love I love my life and the way I work. I don't want to be answering to shareholders or to investors or I don't want to have a board of directors. Like yeah. it's selfish, but I like that I go home and hang with my family. And mm-hmm. it's not that the product, like it could go faster, but uh, I don't know. We're just going to do the core stuff right. And yeah, we could hire a bunch of, one of the biggest problems right now would be if you gave me a million bucks, I'm not sure what to do with it. Like, <laughs> You know, I could give it to Mal, (laughs) but, you know, it's not going to get us to where we need any faster because there's lots. It's a I'm not sure. Like for me as a designer, I need to work through things to Mm -hmm. make sure they work. Like I can't just go draw them on a paper, make this. I need to mock it up, make it look kind of half think about it, make a prototype, start working. I I need that process to make it good. Mm -hmm. So I think taking investment is not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember uh, Mark Zuckerberg telling me that about 15 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> you see where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look what it ended up him. Did you see him awkward in the in the courtroom? That's right. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting awkward in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I can totally appreciate that and just wanting to, you know, do it yourself and build it yourself and as best as possible. And But have that freedom to go home and, you know, be with your family and, I, I can just imagine, like, yeah, if you need, if you took on investors and you were, you had to report to someone else, it would just take over your life. And I don't know how you would balance that with creating online courses and all that other stuff, too. Man, yep. so talking about online courses, how do you balance this project with continuing to run the online course business and you're still kind of running the in person business as well? <laughs> yeah, uh, delegation is the is the name of the game. Um, so in terms of the video content, I have to do that. But I only have to do the portion where I kind of outline the course, get the course material and record mm-hmm. anything outside of that. I don't do anymore. Like I get help with. So I just make sure anything that's not essential to either I don't like doing or I keep the things I like doing or the things that I have to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's just there's just stuff that has to be my voice and I don't know I put together the structure everything else gets outsourced and in terms of instructor HQ it's kind of one of those like itchy like I've started probably about four or five businesses in my time like you know like I just it's a I don't know a compulsion maybe you know I just like I like that we've built this thing and it feels like a waste not to share it like that sounds a bit egotistical but like I feel like we've got this cool thing and like I feel like other people would use it is it going to be the next Facebook? Absolutely not. But it should do well enough. You know, like we've run the numbers. It does. It'll do well enough that, you know, it'll it'll do us three amazingly well. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. I don't like the goal of having a large business. You know, if you looked at my like goal setting when I was young. Yeah, it was like it's about like having a 500 person business. But now you look at people with 500 person business you're like, man, that's a lot of stress. Like <laughs> I am. I am going to go home after this and I am going to watch a bit of Netflix and I am, that's going to be me for the night. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's more about, you've got to earn it. Like I'd like, I want to earn a certain amount, but I don't want to earn, a, you know, I don't need a million dollars a day. Yeah. I mean, and you're, you have so much more freedom still than most people um, who have a regular nine to five job, which is, which is awesome. I want to, before we, you know, let you go or wrap up, I don't know if Jeremy has any more questions about Instructor HQ. I just want to dive a little bit deeper because I've been thinking about this process, trying to automate and optimize and outsource and delegate, which is something that has been so hard for me, but I've got twin boys on the way coming in a few months. (laughs) And from what I hear, having kids is a a lot of work. (laughs) So, So, I'm trying to prepare myself for like running the business in the background as much as possible. So first, let's just actually, yeah, in terms of automation, are there any tools or automation things that you're doing in terms of social media posting, things that no one, it, that's just happening automatically without even someone else pushing a button? No, I've, I find like act absolute um automation it's not something that works it it does you will have posts you know but i feel like they won't be valuable posts so Mm -hmm. what i try and do is do a quarter of the say posts or whatever it is Mm -hmm. but with a real 
real person. Like, I feel like I've just got like, you know, there's probably there's, there's probably about 12 people in the periphery, mm-hmm. you know, only a couple of them are doing it full time. But, you know, um, there's lots of people who just have a, they do that thing and I chat to them about it. And we just work out a relationship where they know what I want through like we spend some good time together. Like it's worse than it was when I was doing it by myself. But eventually you can back your way out and then you just realize that things are happening and you check on you're like, wow, we did that. <laughs> and I didn't, it was, you know, it's like, wow, that's really good. And I'm like, hey, man, you, you did the thing really well. Like it's <laughs> magic. You know, just and, happening and is this me. like is this editing videos? Is this writing articles, or what? What is it that they're actually helping you create? So probably the main time saver is editing and distribution. So mm-hmm. I like making the courses. I like the whole social, like, hey, what should be in the course? And you know, let's. And I love developing the outline, and I like recording it. But then I then the editing is quite a, you know like I can do it, but I just I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. And the distribution is quite a hard one. So that's why that checklist. Like, that's why I have that checklist, because mm-hmm. I work it out myself. I'm like, this is what I want to do. Now I go, hey, Taylor or somebody else. I'm like, this is your little step here. And I tag it to him and I say, these are your steps. And I work with him for the first course or two. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, man, that's yours now. You know, you're going to get this notification and then you're going to go here to Dropbox and then you're going to make this magic happen. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing for him is he doesn't do it every day either. So he goes to the same checklist and goes, what the hell do I do again? You know, and he goes to the checklist and goes, all right, I got to do that thing. Oh yeah, that's that thing. And that's that thing. So there's no confusion. I find maybe I'm a list person, but I love that idea that Emma went away for maternity leave and jumped back in now and picked up exactly where she left off. Mm-hmm. Even though she said, I can't remember anything we did before baby. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at the list and she's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. And just, just things that you have to work out yourself, write them down, put them somewhere go to Instructor HQ, sign up and use the checklist because you can customize these checklists as well. That's the nice thing about it. You can say, I don't do that thing. Well, that's a terrible idea, Dan, and just change it to And then if you're doing it yourself, you just remember next time because I imagine like, I imagine most instructors are doing this part-time, right? They're just, Mm -hmm. it's a side hustle. So to jump back in two months later and go, oh, where was I up to? What should I do? That's what I want the list for. Them to jump back in and go, oh yeah, that's what I'm up to. Mm -hmm. Someone who's a like say new instructor or someone in my shoes is probably a good example because I've made a substantial amount of income, but I'm kind of leery about handing things off to other people, both financially and you know I'm afraid I might spend more time trying to teach them or get my idea right and editing versus just letting them handle it. So my two questions are like, where do you find these people who are helping you outsource, and at what point? like would someone like me make that decision like i feel like i should start handing this stuff off and it'll, yeah. it'll be more beneficial than me doing it myself yeah so the, the the easiest one to answer is money like if you're not earning very much then outsourcing stuff is probably not that gonna work because you just can't afford it but as soon as you get to a point where you're like my time is better spent making another course than it is distributing this course or trying to do stuff that's that's kind of like the that's the time to go all right i need to help and they just start like I find so many people do this so badly. They're like, okay, they go to something like Upwork, and they're like, we need some, I need some editing help. They'll hire a person, and it goes badly. And so, what you need to do, what I think you need to do, is you need to go there. You need to find three people that are good at it. Give them one video to edit each. You have to pay these three people. Mm-hmm. Okay, you spend loads of time with them. You're like, okay, I'm going to spend loads of time with these people to make sure that they understand it. And at the end of that. You haven't spent a whole lot because you've just done one video, not a whole course. And you're just like, man, I work with that number two person the best out of those three. 
Don't mm. just go to one person. Get like three quotes for any kind of like tradesman stuff you do. But for online stuff, people just like hope that freelancer.com or upwork.com are just going to magic this person up because of their ratings. But sometimes the language is good. They've got the right credentials. But they, you and them just, just don't get along. Yeah. So I do that. I like, yeah, I just hire three people to do the same job or give them an example job and just then see who it is and then spend a bit more time with that person mm-hmm. and then make it clear to them at the end, here's the things I expect you to do. Like not telling them, give them a list and a checklist. It can be just an email, but this is, I need you to do A, B, and C and optionally uh, D, but you have to do those things. Otherwise, like that's 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 critical to what we do together. I think it's unclear goals and not finding the right connected person. Like it doesn't have to be Upwork. Like half the people that I work with are just people that I bumped into or have known for a while. I'm like, man, that'd be good at that. And then again, I still test them. I still go, okay, <laughs> you, and I don't say I'm testing them. I just say, hey, I got this one little thing to do. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, if they're terrible at it and you're like, I still want to be friends with you. I don't want to punch you in the face, <laughs> but you are terrible at that job. <laughs> you can just, you don't have to tell them that they missed out on those other things. They just, they've just, yeah, just you go with this other person because I, I, that's my, it's my strategy anyway. It's yeah, working. that's great. And I, so I've hired a couple of people from Upwork and it's, you know, hit or miss. Some people are great. Some people, like you said, it's like that was a waste of money and time. But I think I don't do it the right way. I'm kind of like what you said, the bad example of me like, hey, can you edit this video? And then they do a bad job and I'm like, OK, I'm not going to use Upwork and I'm just going <laughs> to edit my videos myself. But I really need to take to heart what you're saying about if it's something that where if my time could be better spent doing something else to grow the business that returns more profit or grows the subscribers or whatever it is that are my key metrics that I want, that's really what I need to focus on and (laughs) delegate other things. It's so hard for me to... Like go backwards though, right? That's stuff. unfortunate because you're like, okay, I'm going to have to spend double the time teaching someone mm-hmm. else to do the thing I could do in half the time. Mm-hmm. You just got to realize that that's, it, you know, that's where you're going to like, is it still worth it? And it, you might not. You're like, actually, no, I'm just going to keep doing it because it's just going to kick that can down the road. But I think if you, yeah, you just got to look, at, you've got to block it out in your diary. You're just going to go, I'm going to get half as much done next week. Like you're probably like me where you just like, you, I pile on my to-do list and I'm like, mm-hmm. and like I'm in charge of my to-do list and I put too much on it. I'm yeah. like, man, <laughs> like, and then I get stressed at the end of the week. I'm like, I haven't done all the stuff that I magically said I was going to do without <laughs> actually measuring anything or allowing for, you know, like I, I'm the worst person. I'm the worst boss for myself. Yeah. So I like to just go, okay, following, hiring that person, there's going to be a couple of days of just not pain, but it's going to be worth it in the end because I'm going to get that person. And I do have some magical people. And they're just like, wow, that's and they're coming up with ideas. And you're like, actually, that's better than I've done it. Damn it. You know, like I thought I was the best at that. That's what I we mean, all want to find, right? Yeah. This week for me has been kind of a good example of that where I was actually doing something right. Uh, I guess I do a lot of things right. But I felt like this week was very productive in the sense that it was going to be a whole week of me creating YouTube tutorials that I was going to schedule out for when the babies come, they're going to come out every week. Instead of that, I sat down and I am just thinking about my process of doing things. And I wrote down a sort of flow chart of if I create a YouTube tutorial, what's the perfect, like what's the ideal process of creating that, uploading it? What are the steps for getting it on YouTube, writing the title, distributing it that, 
after it's distributed it, how can I use that content over the year? And which parts of these I mark down with little symbols can I do? Like you said, do I need to do or do I want to do? And which ones can I actually outsource or delegate? And then there were some things where I figured out like processes that I could automate, like uploading it to Drive and then using like Zapier to automatically send an email to someone who it would notify them, say, hey, here's a video that you need to now upload to YouTube or whatever it is um, that I've been figuring out this week that has been pretty fun. So this week has definitely been that sort of step back and hopefully it'll be like a good investment in my time for, you know, the future. So the good news, Phil, is that you have twins and as soon as you can teach them how to edit, you'll be flying through. (laughs) They they should be able to touch type before they can talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Subtitling is a tough job, but, you know. Free labor, right? I mean, I was talking to (laughs) Isabel about that the other week. I was like, man, free labor. A few more years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been a good chat. And uh, again, for people who are interested in what Dan is up to, head over to instructorhq.com slash OCM. Sign up and you'll get notified and for when all the new things come out, like the list, the dashboard, and the hosting options. It's free to just sign up to be notified. Um, I guess my last question uh, and Jeremy, if you have any other thoughts or questions, feel free to ask, but kind of a recap. So Dan, if I'm deciding, if I'm a new instructor, what's like the ultimate benefit of using instructor HQ rather than building this out on my own, building my checklist with Trello or something else like that, um, or just using Teachable? There's so many options out there. Uh, what's, what's the best reason for instructor HQ? I guess it's the following somebody like me who's done it before and just mm-hmm. like being like Trello's awesome, but there's a hundred other Trello's. Like it's just it's just somebody who've gone before you and go, this is what works. Not just like, you know, not just what I think works. Like I'm like I'm earning quite a bit from the online training and I've I've spent full time for the last three years on it. Like it's I've got it working pretty good and it's like I'm gonna develop, they're gonna develop. it's just be able to say, come with us and other instructors, we know the ways that work rather than trying to like you, like you've done it long before me. I followed you. Some people can follow me and you. And it must be so much easier, like with the like your podcast here, just the ideas people pick up. It's just like because you've done it before. You learned the hard ways. And that's what I want Instructor HQ to be. You can use it as you want, but it's mainly just there is an easy way. And it's like it's not going to be cost prohibitive. You just you can use it if you like. I think it's just a, yeah. Cool. That's what I think. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Jeremy, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, man. I just want to say uh, good luck. I hope it works out really well for you. I'm on the instructorhq.com forward slash OCM uh, site right now. And uh, pop on over there, hit that sign up button for Dan and subscribe, and you'll be notified when everything's good to go, if I'm not mistaken. But man, that's just. Great talking to you and uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. And I think this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see it live. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep, of course. Everyone, make sure you subscribe, like the podcast, head over to onlinecoursemasters.com, hit that community button to join the Facebook group so you're always notified and we can continue this conversation after this episode. So until next time, have a great day and we'll talk soon.